Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Houseman XP Podcast Network is taking you on the journey. Your host, Master Trainer Heath Hyatt, will combine his decades of experience as a houndsman and as a professional trainer that will light the path forward and make our packs lighter on this lifelong journey to become better hunters and houndsmen. There are no shortcuts, so lace up those boots and grab a dog leash. The journey begins now. I've been a member and supporter of Go Wild for over a year now. Man, how time flies. Their social media platform is for hunters by hunters. And if you followed me for any length of time, you know that I'm in the woods or on the water if I'm not working. And yes, some ask, do you work? Unfortunately, I do. It's a place that I post all of my trophies, no matter how big or small. Mine, mostly small. I get tips, tricks, tactics, and advice from people who eat, breathe, and sleep the outdoors. I log all of my outdoor adventures, including the time spent listening to the best podcast in the land, The Journey, hosted by no other than yours truly. So when I need anything outdoors, I just log on to the Go Wild store, pick out what I need, and that's anything from hunting, fishing, camping, optics, outdoor wear, and yes, hound supplies. I'm proud to partner up with the Go Wild team. So let's get your journey started today here on Go Wild. So wrap that get gets us through the the group hunting. So BB I hadn't hadn't seen you in a couple weeks, so how's things down your way? Uh, doing good, hunting as much as I can. I think we've uh, caught a few more. Uh, I think we got, we, we took one more. That one had actually been wounded. I've seen that, uh, yeah. a, a bow hunter, a bow hunter had got nervous and ended up shooting him in the face with a nine millimeter. And I tried to help find him and we tracked him 300 yards the evening he did it. And any of this to say, we got him about four days later. Um, but yeah, that nine millimeter with critical defense, you know, uh, uh, hollow points. That that you definitely choose a little bit better ammo if you're going to use that as a defense for a bear, for sure. Yeah, and I know Chris has done several podcasts. He did one with um, Underwood Ammo, and he done one with the Hornady. And I, both of those guys talked about, you know, the the hollow points and stuff, and. And plus, he had a bad shot. I mean, in the mud, it, he all he done is made that bear mad. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yep, I was I was glad we got him though, just because you know you don't know if an infection ended up killing him later on or whatnot. But I was glad we were able to to go ahead and get him after he was hurt. So let me ask you this: Did you know, like, did you tree him or catch him on the ground? And either way, did you know once you seen him? Did you know that that was the the bear that? that you were looking for previously? 
Uh, so we ended up treeing him. So uh, he made a little bit of a loop and, and ended up coming treed. And no, didn't know it was the one. Uh, we knew it was in that general area uh, that where uh, he had been hunting. Uh, but no, we didn't know it was the one. Not until we got him uh, killed. And uh, I seen a hole in his head and I wasn't sure. You know, it was a little tiny hole, um, but I wasn't sure until we actually got the skinning him out that, that that's what it was. So, um, but yeah, no, we didn't know until afterwards. Well, now at least, I mean, at least you got him. Like I said, I know we had talked about it when I was down there about having him. So that makes it better. Yeah. And what else? I know, like, I didn't get to hunt youth day. I had um signed up to work one of the virginia tech games not realizing that it was youth day and then they had a 3 30 game so I, we got to be there four hours early so i had to i had to be there at 11 11 30 and just you know it takes me an hour to get to where i hunt and an hour back i just it wasn't feasible for me um so i mm-hmm. I, I haven't i haven't had to do, the, the dogs have been loose in the yard but i haven't had them in the woods since i come back from your place yeah, I mean, Youth Day, we went to Central Virginia, and uh, it was, you know, we was calling for rain, so we were lucky enough to get after one uh, first thing, and one turned, they ended up, keep they kept splitting up, so I think we ended up running four different bears and didn't take none of them. They were all on that smaller end, so we let them all go for another day, so, um, but it was some good running. I had some young dogs, I had one young dog, kept one treed right by itself for a while it would come down then go 50 yards and treat it again um and and everything so um the young dogs did good and they even did good because it started raining while we were running and uh it's hard for a dog to make up that time on a bear when uh when it's pouring down rain uh they seem to get strode out a little bit easier especially on a running bear and um but we were lucky i think we ended up treating three of them and and uh, i caught uh two dogs on one they had one by themselves they uh, brought it across the hard surface and i ended up catching them off there so it was a good day and then today we went and uh found a track struck it and they they could smell it down the road trailed it down the road got it jumped and made a little bit of a loop and uh ended up treeing it uh on the smaller side again and so had a nice pretty white v in his chest and but we ended up leaving him and let him grow and we'll take him another day hopefully that also you did let the one go today yeah yeah Yeah. today yep we let him go yeah i couldn't tell i mean he looked like he was pretty high up so i wasn't sure how big he was or wasn't no he was a little on the smaller side i mean he might have been close, but we decided not to not to take him and and just uh, we went looking again. I found where another one had gone. A, a bigger one had actually walked out of that block across the hard surface. I could see with the sand where he picked it up and carried it and on his feet. And mm-hmm. um, that was a that was a decent bear, but um, just went into a little block and we had permission in part of the block and not all of it, and so we we didn't go after that one. Yeah. Are you hunting the same two places you and I hunted? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, well, good. um, across that hard surface there. And yeah. 
so yeah now they the dogs have been doing good they're getting a little amped up they have they're they're not run down anymore for sure so <laughs> they've recouped i, I need the to hunt trip. them a little harder yeah yeah my need to get out that's for sure <clears throat> but it's gonna be ah, i've got to go up um i'm going up north this weekend to teach our tactical tracking class so i'll be up there for till next for a week basically teaching and then i'll get back here and yeah i mean unless until i come back down there or our season comes in it'll be dogs will be they'll be up for a while for sure so i need to get them out (laughs) getting my truck worked on too while i'm out of town next week um i don't know if i've said this on the podcast or not but so i hit two deer during training season the first one was a little deer. It was foggy both mornings. Couldn't hardly see. And the first deer I hit just dented the bumper in. Didn't do a lot of damage. And then the second deer, which was the last day, the last day or the second to last day, it was during the early that three-day early season. Yeah, I plastered one in a curve, and I knew it done some damage because when it hit, it made an awful noise. So I got out and looked. Of course, it busted my grill up and my marker light and then it broke the bracket that the headlight and then holds the headlight and the marker light in so anyway i i hate turning stuff in on my insurance but i did so i could get that thick so i went ahead and bought the parts and fixed it myself and next week when i'm gone i'm putting me one of those big heavy duty ranch hand bumpers on it so i hopefully it'll save the front end of my truck yeah well at least at least you got some time to get it fixed and ready for for the season coming up so that's that's a good thing anyway next time you see old rusty it's not gonna look the same she's gonna be pimped out with a bumper (laughs) (laughs) i'm even getting a back bumper i don't know if you've noticed but my back bumper is almost rusted in two i'm actually yeah i've seen seen the holes in it <laughs> i'm actually afraid to stand on it because i feel like my 260 pounds is just gonna flop us to the ground but so yeah i ordered me a front and rear bumper i'm gonna put that on and we're gonna be ready to roll hopefully the truck will hold apart hold together for at least another season and then we'll we'll go from there if i make it through this season then hopefully i can make it through another one i don't know so all right well let's get into the Let's get into the group stuff again. Um, like I said, let's just kind of go recap what we went over. We went over packing. Packing is, if you're hunting in a group, that's a big thing. Um, being able to do it right, um, not overload the track. You know, face packing is horrible most of the time. Most of the time. We, you know, we touched on that. Uh, what else did we touch on? You remember? Oh, we talked about. Uh you know, uh, uh, thinking a little ahead and trying to, you know, head, you know, head a bear, you know, trying to think ahead as far as which way you might go and, um, and trying to, uh, you know, get in front and mm-hmm. try and work as a team to, to, to get in front of them. So if, if one person's going one way, you know, maybe somebody else ought to go or you ought to go the other way, you know, type of type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, we kind of hit on that, but we're going to back up because, like I said, we left a lot of stuff out there. Um, we're going to go back and start. We're going to we're going to start with equipment. I know 
I, I don't know the guys that hunt with us down there. I know there's always a couple of club members, but like for me, uh, the guys that hunt with us, even the ones that do, do not have dogs. I mean, we got Dave and big Sam, um, Clater, of course, Clater's got a dog now. Um, I'm trying to think who else they don't have dogs, but they've got the GPSs. you know, Dave went and bought him a drive track and got him a nice long range antenna. He's got on, you know, on the, the hood of his truck. Um, Clater's the same Clater. They've got dog boxes. I mean, they've invested like they've, they've put out some money to be, to come and hunt with us and to be able to, to hang around and do whatever. Um, and nobody made them. That's just something they've done on their own. Um, I don't know about the guys that I see with you though. What, what are, are they doing that? Or are they just kind of following along? Uh, some of them, some of them will have GPSs and most of them have dog boxes just because a lot of them are running deer dogs as well. Um, but a lot of them have GPS, GPSs, all of them have radios. Some of them will have the long range antennas. Um, so it kind of is a mix, uh, of just depending on, you know, if, if they're using it for other stuff, but, but most, most of the folks, like even in North Carolina, most of the folks that are just hunting, they will at least have a, a, a GPS and then a, a radio. So that way they can communicate. Well, I mean, and that, that would be a necessity, right? Like you got to have a radio so you know where everybody's at or, you know, know what they're, what's going on. And then a Garmin. Yes. Yeah. Mean, the radio is key. Yeah. And then the Garmin, I mean, if you want to keep up, you know, with the dogs, um, I mean, I, I would say that's pretty much the same. You gotta, you know, that's a, an investment you probably want to make. The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with one TDC. This dual action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to WorkSoWell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on The Journey. Oh, for sure. I mean, even to the point of, uh, like, when I go to Maine, uh, you know, the, the guys that I've been hunting with in maine and our, our guides you know they i mean it was to the point where i bought and took up you know long range antennas uh shucks i'd bought you know radios so that way they would have one in a truck so that we weren't dealing with handhelds um things like that uh, most of the guys that i've hunted with in maine they they have used rabbit beagles a lot up there i mean even if they didn't have bear dogs so they had a, an alpha usually, um, so we could work together and, and, but yeah, making sure that they have that equipment where they can, can see what's going on and, and, and get a lay of the land. I even let a, a buddy of mine use my drive track up there, uh, while I was using my, uh, tablet that I have. So, um, all that stuff definitely, uh, helps out when it comes to trying to, to be efficient and, and hunting as a group. 
Well, I was going to ask, because I was thinking about this today, um, you know, you and I talked about our next adventure, hopefully next spring. Um, you know, I'm going to have to get another dog box for my, my other truck. Cause it's my, I, I just don't, my other one's not reliable to drive 12 hours away, but, um, I was thinking today, I'm like, okay, so are you taking your, your tablet with you? Which I, I would assume that I was like, I know he does. Um, so you're taking it and then you're letting somebody else use your drive track. Yeah, that's what I've, uh, well, that's what I've done or did this past year is I took my tablet with me. Cause I can, the nice thing about the tablet is, uh, I can download the maps mm-hmm. for, you know, the bird's eye maps for wherever I go. Whereas the drive track, you got to have the SD card mm-hmm. in order to get the bird's eye, um, for each state that you're going to. So, um, I really like that tablet cause I can just hook to a Wi-Fi connection yep. and download whatever maps I need if, if, um, if I'm haven't been there before or, or something like that. So well, that so, tablet has been real helpful. Well, and today I went and helped one of my buddies. Um, we're trying, I'm trying to get him lined up. He don't hunt with me. He hunts with another group. Um, but I'm trying to get him lined up with his, he, with his iPad. And for me, like when I'm hunting the air here, when I'm hunting at home, I don't use the bird's eye. I just, I'd use the topo. Um, and I've got all the trails and stuff, you know, the AT runs through it. I've got all that stuff on it where it's marked and it's, you know, very visible. But when I come down to your place, like the satellite image to me is way, I need it because of the land busted up, you know, fields and houses. Like I don't have that here. So do you use the the satellite all the time, or are you using... Because I never see you with just a topo. Yeah, for the most part, I use the satellite. Uh, I will overlay the topo lines if it's somewhere where there's, you know, mountainous mm-hmm. areas. I will overlay the topo lines in there. But I do like... I, I like the satellite just because of... Uh, I, I'm the type I like to look at... Uh, uh, fold like the the foliage so you know mm-hmm. here you know you can kind of tell you might have a better idea of where he could be laying based on the the foliage that you're looking at from that that satellite view versus uh you know looking at it from the uh, you know from a, just a topo so um it's so cut up here and even up in Maine, they, they do so much logging operations up there. That's, that's nice, especially if it's up to date. Sometimes it, it's a, it's a little older, but if it's up to date, um, that can really help you out as far as maybe getting an idea where that laying ground would be or where he would might be traveling to, um, just to, to kind of, so, you know, if you need to help the dogs out or, or, um, or even if you're just going to go and try and, try and walk and strike one um that that can definitely help out that way too well so that's kind of a segue into our next thing about group hunting is you know does everybody in your group know the area know where the bear cross know the roads that you need to get down to so your dogs don't get hit um the places that you you need to go talk to people and say hey you know our dogs are in here. Um, I, I think it's becoming more and more important, especially with the landowner stuff that's going on, that, that we build that relationship. But within the group, 
you know, we can, I can say, you know, y'all need to go down by so-and-so or go down here so-and-so. Everybody in our group knows where that is. And that's, it's not, it's just a name we come up with. It's a nickname, you know, you know, I need you to go down here to, to Red's and, and cut the dogs off and everybody knows where Red's at. So they, they go down there. So I think in a group setting, um, that's very important. And I know when I'm with you, I struggle a little bit because I don't know all the road names. I'm relying on my, my iPad when I zoom in and out to pick up those roads. So I know where, where y'all are talking about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard. I mean, when you're talking about, uh, like, you know, unmarked, say, like logging roads, you know, that's a little different because every club or group that you go to hunt with is, is going to have a different name or they're, and they're going to name it themselves most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, hard surface roads or actual named roads, that's a little easier, but yeah, it's, it can be difficult. And, and that's one of the main reasons that, you know, you, when you're trying to communicate on the radio and trying to get somebody to go a certain way that might not be familiar with that area, um, that one, the person that's listening actually listens to the instructions that are being told (laughs) and two, uh, that you give clear enough instructions to, so that way you don't have your buddy going up to, you know, the lady's house that doesn't like you hunting or something like that to, 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 make sure that you don't have those type of conflicts or, or cause a situation that's that you didn't need to from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, knowing, knowing the area, we talked about knowing the dogs and what dogs are doing, what we, you also need to know the area. You need to know, like I said, where those, where those crossings are and where, where to get to cut the dogs off. Don't cause, don't cause problems here. Make sure, you know, you're, you're being respectful and um, asking permission. Um, I, I think, like I said, it, that's becoming more and more of a an issue in the state, and it's something that we have to be more cognizant of. And the whole group should be on the same page. I mean, I, I don't know how everybody else operates. You know, our group's fairly small. I mean, we've got, you know, six, seven, eight of us total. And, you know, we, we talk, we're like, okay, this year, this is what we're going to do. You know, this year, this, this is how we should handle this and this. And so everybody kind of has a, um, a, a foresight of what should happen or should take place before we ever set, you know, so we're in between that downtime between our training season's over and we're going to wait, we'll wait till, you know, deer season's over and then we'll get started back up. But you know, we ha- we've had several of those common conversations during training season. Like, how do you handle this situation? How do you handle that situation? So, is that is that a typical group thing? Yeah, I mean, I know for us, you know, um, you know, if we're going to a different club, you know, some sometimes we might show up at a hunt club and and we've never hunted with them before, and we do our best to ask, you know, to make sure we're in the right or, or whatever we're going to do and. And then two, you know, is, uh, um, when we are hunting more North Carolina, if there's a situation like that, um, we kind of make it pretty well known what you can and can't do or what the expectations are, uh, with the group, usually when we're getting breakfast in the morning or something like that, or 
we have, uh, you know, kind of the, the group of folks that kind of knows, knows what you can and can't do and then make sure that the folks that don't know are with them to make sure that, that they're kind of taken care of. So mm-hmm. making sure you're, you're buddied up or something like that, it definitely helps out. And, you know, North Carolina, we, they try to get down on the number of trucks and stuff like that, just so that way uh, you don't have as much truck traffic and uh, make sure that, that, you know, you might not, you know, some, some places uh, are, you know, you don't want to tear up the paths and things like that. So making sure you cut down on the number of trucks. I mean, even to the point of don't hit the mud hole, straddle the mud hole or go around it or, you know, and some people just, you know, go down a path and they'll hit every mud hole they can, it seems like. And I just, you just shake your head. But yeah, I mean, even little stuff like that, it goes a long way when you're hunting with a group, um, especially if you're, if you're coming in and hunting on a club or land that, that you don't necessarily control um, how, you know, what goes on on it. So um, to make sure that you, you know, that everybody is happy at the end of the day, it's important to, to kind of listen to those things. And, and if somebody says something to you, you know, no need to get upset about it. It's just, you know, listen, I mean, if you don't listen, that might be more of a problem, but uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely important. Little things like that. I mean, it, it could be, you know, even as it, it could even come down to don't block the path. You know, that's another big thing. People will pull up and they'll get out and start talking. And, and here we are trying to hunt and then they got the path blocked and you can't get around to, 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 to move around if you want to get and head the dogs, if you want to pack or something like that. And they, you got to wait for somebody to move a truck. Um, little things like that can go a long ways. Yeah. Yeah. I like to just the, the couple times I've been down there with you, I can definitely see that. Um, just being respectful of, of what's going on. And, and that kind of lead, you know, I know we've touched on this before and we throughout several podcasts, you know, if about being new and coming, you know, getting invited to hunt with a group or you're, you're wanting to get started hunting and you want to go in and, you know, bear hunters are clickish. I mean, they are, they, they're, they've got their own little, you know, group and, you know, outsiders are, are hard to get in. Um, you know, I, I know, I know that for a fact. And, you know, when you're trying to get in with somebody, I mean, you've got to, you know, you've got to, you know, be respectful and, and be willing to learn and be willing to, you know, maybe hold your tongue sometimes and, Sometimes when you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. I've been told that several times throughout my my thirty years. <laughs> so, yeah, that that can definitely go a long ways for sure. Yeah, but, um, brings us to radio traffic because it's different from hunting with you guys to hunting with my group. Like, and Doug said it on his podcast. There ain't no sense in talking if you don't have nothing to talk about. <laughs> like, you know there's nothing to say so what what about radio etiquette yeah um you know i think it depends you know if, if you're if you're traveling and and you're going to your spot or whatever where you're going to hunt you know if folks you know a lot of times that's when you hear a lot of the banner back and forth uh, of just of kind of the daily um just conversation but then uh you know, when it's time to hunt and, and you got dogs on the ground and you're trying to figure out, you know, or, or get somebody to go a certain way or do a certain thing and you're trying to communicate, but the radio is full, 
uh, or the channel is full and, and, and people are talking about stuff that's not relevant. Um, you know, that's, uh, definitely one of the things to look out for. I mean, the guys, you know, you got some of the GPS and, and so the dogs are going here and going there and, and, you know, there might be times that you need to do that, but most folks, you know, most of us, we get to the point uh, that, that we can track our, each other's dogs. And, and if, if you, if we aren't tracking a dog, you know, that, that information is relevant, but if, if everybody's tracking the same dogs and they're all, you know, you could lay a blanket on top of all of them. There's not much of a need to tell, uh, tell the whole world where they're at and where they're going. So, you know, that type of thing, uh, can, can, can be irritating at times, um, for sure. Do you like to be outside like I do hunting, fishing, hiking? If so, Onyx is the app for you. I've been a loyal Onyx user for years. It's the one app that I can honestly say I use daily. While hunting, I know where I'm at at all times. I mark trails, bedding areas, feeding areas, and the list goes on. In my travels, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I am blessed to hunt. Last year, while hiking Yellowstone, I used Onyx to map out the trails and know the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I mark all of my favorite fishing spots on Onyx. It's been a game changer for me at work. I've used it multiple times to get in touch with property owners. Onyx has so many great features and tools. You can literally use it in your everyday life. It is by far the best mapping app on the market. And hey, it's approved by yours truly at Houndsman XP. So when you go to subscribe to Onyx, use our code HXP20 and get you a discount. So get your journey started with Onyx and know where you stand. Yeah, I, we, I, I mean, we probably talk too much. Um, and I, I was thinking about this when you and I talked about this the other day. You know, when I'm working, I mean, I'm basically, I mean, my car, I work 12-hour shifts, and I'm in my car for the majority of that. Some days are worse than others. And I scan my radio, so I'm listening to several different i'm listening to the county's traffic i'm listening to air traffic i'm listening to blacksburg traffic i'm listening to fire and rescue i'm listening to probably five or six different agencies on my radio and i've gotten pretty good at blocking out the stuff that i don't need to listen to and then when something's important said i, I perk up and listen but it's non-stop like it runs all day long i mean the radio never shuts up and i was thinking about this the other day i'm like okay like I hate it. Like I hate, I hate having that, you know, that buzz in your ear for 12 hours a day. And then when you go hunting, like maybe sometimes that's why I'm a little quieter than I would be because I, I hear it nonstop in my, my professional life and in my, you know, my home life or my passion or hunting. I, I, I just don't need it in my ear 24 seven. Um, so I, I thought about that the other day and I'm like, you know what? I could probably cut down on my traffic a little bit more when I'm hunting. And you're right. I mean, unless you're, um, unless you're tracking a dog or something's important and nobody's there, it probably doesn't need to be said a whole lot of it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, the important times of when you need to talk on the radio um, is if you are got a situation where you're trying to head and, and you're not trying to figure out exactly where folks are going um, just to make sure to, you know, to use in your decision making process and where you, you're going to end up going. Or if he's walking and baying, you know, I've had times where you're, you're trying to get in there on a bear that's walking and baying Radio, and you know, one or two other, yeah, one or two other people are, are, are doing the same thing. And it's one thing, if you can track that person via the handheld, um, then you kind of know where they are and it's not a big deal, but you know, uh, if you can't, it's important that if you're going in there on a bear on the ground, that, 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 you know, you don't have to have it cranked all the way up where you're going to, where you're going to spook him off and i mean if the dogs are doing like they should when they're banging anyway he's not going to hear it anyhow because the dog should be barking enough where he can't hear it you know just have it up enough where you can hear it and you can answer where you are or, or kind of what your plan is to try and get that game plan because you're constantly moving um and you know try and try and understand where each, each of y'all are and and then uh try and adjust Accordingly. So, I mean, I don't know how many times I've been on the radio and, and, you know, you have, you know, where we are, you know, there's no topography or, you know, you might have water where you can kind of tell folks where you are, but most of the time it's, it's the direction of the sun, you know, you'll tell folks, you know, I'm coming in on him and he's, you know, the sun's over my left hand shoulder um, or something like that, just to kind of get an idea of, of the direction that you're coming in from. And, and the way that you're approaching. So that way, you know, and then maybe estimate a distance or a distance that you are from the dogs, you know, that type of information is important. I know a lot of people turn the radio off when they get close in on a bait bear. And, uh, you know, if, if it's more than one person, if it's one person, I understand it, but if it's more than one person that's, uh, that's going in on a bait bear, it's, it's definitely important to make sure that radio communication is, is available if you're not tracking, tracking that person's handheld. Yeah. I, I know for a fact, like, um, when I go into a tree by myself, which is, uh, it's been, it was quite a bit this year, actually, my dogs got separated or got away or whatever I, I went into several trees you know i cut my radio off last last 150 yards 200 yards 150 yards i just cut my radio off um because somebody will key up about the time you get in there the bear will look at you and the next thing you know it's bailing and you're you know you're trying to grab dogs and everything so that's just something that i've done through time is i'll tell them when like in fact, I remember hauling at Wesley. I was triggered off the north of the mountain one day, and I hauled at Wesley, and I said, hey, I'm about 150 yards out. I'll cut my radio off. I'll let you know when I'm in there. Turn my radio off. I go on. I get my dogs tied up. I holler back. Okay, I'm good. We're here. You know, whatever. But that's just something that I do because, like you said, I don't I don't want, I don't want that radio keying up and, and making the bear bell. And not that it happens a lot, but it has happened. Um, in my experience, it has happened several times. So I just do away with it all together. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's understandable. I mean, if, if you're within 50 yards or something like that, you're close enough, you know, um, where, you know, that that's understandable. I mean, and, and, you know, we have situations here where, you know, bear will be treed or something like that. But most of the time if the bear is treed and here, especially if they, it's when they see you, if they're going to come down, it's usually when they see you. 
Mm-hmm. And as soon as they see you, a lot of times they'll, they'll bail out. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, you know, trying to get in there and, and keep something in between you and the bear, you know, brush in between you and the bear. Sometimes you have to do that. Um, but then other times it doesn't matter if you're screaming at the bottom of the tree and he ain't going to move. That's right. Um, but you're a little different, you know, with your topography and stuff like that with the, uh, and the open ground too, it makes a big difference. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of times when we're coming off, the, you know, the steeps, I mean, you're, you're still 50 yards from the tree and you're looking at the bear in his face. Cause it's that steep, you know, you're like, you know, I still hadn't made it down there, but I'm looking right at you because it's, you know, the land is the way it is. So, um, it's definitely, definitely different. So yeah, radio just, you know, a jibber jabber a lot of times just unnecessary, especially during, during the hunting time. And, you know, there's been several times this year. What well, yeah, this is one of the things that, that that's happened to us is we'll have one, we'll have one or two, or th- we've had three different bear going this year. Like my dogs are running one one way, and Garrett and <coughs> Sam's were going another way, and Greg's and Wesley's or Forrest was going another way, and everybody's like trying to talk back and forth, and that becomes pretty um, annoying because you're trying to you're trying to relay information they're trying to relay information and it just seems like everybody's just walking on each other uh so that that does happen that happens to us sometimes and i don't know that that's i think that maybe that may be not a, not avoidable because everybody's trying to talk to somebody at the same time mm-hmm. yeah we have that too uh but it's when we have it, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are times that it's split up and, and different people are going different directions, but we also have it where, um, you have a different club that's bleeding over or they're close enough. You can pick them up on the right day. Mm-hmm. If it's cloud cover or something like that, you can pick them up and they're on the same, same channel that you're hunting. So, you know, like that, you just have to kind of adjust accordingly. Um, it can be aggravating when you've been in an area for a certain amount of time and, and uh always hunted on a a particular channel or something like that and the next thing you know you got bleed over from somebody else who's moved in or another club that's decided to keep using that but i mean it's you know it just depends on uh, sometimes some days you 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 have it and some days you don't so i mean and it it doesn't really you know you just have to work around it the best you can but um you know unless you you go ahead and and you get the private channels yeah yeah, I mean, the last time I was with you, we, we yeah, yeah, the last channel. time you yeah. were down here. Yep, yep, we we just went away from it. Um, yep. So yeah, and I mean, we've we've done it. Everybody, all the local, like everybody that's local, and this will kind of lead us into the next thing. Everybody that's local kind of run their own channel. So, um, I I don't know. I'm not even sure what 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 groups are running what channels because I never change my radio. It just stays where I'm at. Um, but I know that one group runs this channel, one group runs that channel, another group runs this channel. So I haven't had to to holler at them, but maybe catching a dog or something or whatever. I haven't had to holler at them um, to let them know. So I've not switched my radio. Um, in fact, when we switched down at your place the other day i actually had to call forrest and say hey how do you how do i change my radio channel because it's locked on my channel and i don't know so he was like well hold on let me get mine out and literally you were 
Um, <laughs> you had went around the other end and it had started the tr- uh, y'all, your dogs had started and I was walking back to my truck while he was trying to tell me how to program my radio. Uh, so I, I didn't have a clue. <laughs> so, um, so that, yeah, was- yeah. No, knowing how to operate it and program that stuff definitely, uh, or knowing how to operate and program that them radios or change them channels is definitely a key as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, a well, I, for I can sure. do the one in my truck, but I, I my handheld, I, I don't think I would ever, ever changed it. I just put it on my channel and left it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that leads us to the, uh, the next thing. Like, how do you hunt around other groups? Because that's becoming more and more common. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit there, but like where we hunt National Forest, um, you know, we have several groups that hunt our area and for the most part, I mean, I feel like most everybody gets along and, um, you know, it's not a, not a big issue. Um, as far as what I see, um, I, I would prefer my dogs not get hung up with other dogs, but that, it's going to happen because when you're hunting public land and your dog runs across the mountain and you don't know another group's in there and their dog comes across that mountain and you end up in the same valley, it, it just happens. Um, so how do you navigate that? How do you, how do you, how do you do that? Well, for us down here, you know, we don't have as big of a problem with that. Our biggest problem is if they get off, say, you know, land that we are, we have permission to hunt or whatever and get onto another club or private property or, or something like that. So, um, you know, you know, if they get, get off somewhere that we can hunt, you know, reaching out and making sure you can go get them or whatever you need to do. Um, you know, we just do that the best we can and, and, and then move forward. Um, but as far as like, I mean, we have had some other groups and, and had them like we've been hunting kind of two blocks side by side, you know, and had them pack different ways. Mm. Um, but you just do your best to avoid it. And then if they do, you know, when, whenever you get the dogs up, you just get the dog from one place to the other, you know, to whoever owns it. If, if, if theirs packed our way or if ours packed their way, you know, you just do the best you can to, to get it back to them or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny you say that. Cause last year I had two, we, our group had two incidents. Um, and I was a guilty party of one of those. <clears throat> we were hunting this area and, I, of course, you know, I, when we're walking and I'm free casting dogs, most of my dog, most of my dogs are loose. Um, and Greg had hollered and said that he had two dogs coming up underneath the road. Well, the road that I was walking on. And so I was going back towards him. Well, my dogs heard the dogs and turned and went to them. And, um, anyway, when my dog shortcut the dogs, that was coming to me, which, I thought was Greg's and my dogs cut, went across the road and went up on the mountain. Well, lo and behold, the two dogs across the road, now coincidence, Greg had two dogs, two dogs were below me. Well, when they crossed the road, it wasn't Greg's dogs. So unintentionally I had packed to somebody else's dog. Didn't even know whose dogs it was at the time. Um, didn't even know they were in there. Didn't had no clue, but we ended up treeing on out the mountain um, a good ways out the mountain, about three miles, and got into the tree. Uh, forest gets a hold of them, 
and tells them, hey, so I literally, I grab their dogs and lead them out for them. So, you know, trying to, trying to be polite. Like, I, I, and I told them, I was like, hey, I, I didn't know it was your dogs. I did not, like, I'm, I'm not going to intentionally pack to them. I thought it was one of our group's dogs. And Greg's had turned and went the other way, and his dogs had come across the mountain into the valley where we're in and crossed right, like, right in front of me. You know, that was just complete coincidence. But, um, yeah, I, I don't, and the other incident that we had was we had, we had a, we had a dog treed. They got into it, the bear come out. Um, he put two more dogs with it and it crossed another group that are, was not local and they had they had their dogs loose and, and had run and packed to the three dogs that was running and then it become you know it got into an argument about well you pack my dogs you pack my dogs um and like i said we know for a fact that the 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 original dog had had the bear tree because they was got to the tree before it come out and seen it and there was no other dogs there. So how do you handle those situations? How do you, you know, it's to me it's not that. I mean, it is what it is. You just grab your dogs and go on. It's not worth, you know, fighting over to me. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm not going to stress about it. I mean, I I just assume let let the other group, you know, take the credit and I'll just grab mine and my dogs and, and move on. Cause at the end of the day, it's not, it's not worth my headache. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, it's, it's a bear. I, it's like I said, the running into other groups is going to happen, especially when you're hunting the same area. Um, it, it's just going to happen. It's, it, it's just what it is. And I think everybody should like recognize that before they ever, decide to go hunting on on public land i mean it there there's a chance that you're going to end up with another set of dogs or you're going to run into other guys and you know if everybody can just get along it works so much better um because it's not it's not a big deal it's a bear it's it's not a competition to me like okay you know have at it <laughs> exactly well let's see so we've we we went over something else we was talking about uh we talked about starting tracks in the last one but but we really didn't hit on it like in depth uh we talked about rigging a little bit you know we kind of hunt differently but you had brought up you know turning dogs in when you're when you're starting a track don't overload the track. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and, and kind of going back to just starting, uh, you know, actually starting trying to get him jumped, you know, um, one of the etiquette things, you know, if, if you're starting from a central location, whether you got a track on the ground or, uh, you know, you found in the path or, or you're starting from a bait, site or something like that you know um you know if, if you're if you're coming or coming into the group and, and you know and i see it a lot you know some people you know a lot of people want to put a dog down right when you turn loose mm -hmm. and uh you know if the track's hot and you know you got a good track you know it usually doesn't hurt you 
But then there are times where, you know, you're trying to start that bear. You know, that bear was there at seven, seven o'clock the night before. And it's a cold track and it's going to take some time and some, you know, solid trail dogs to, to actually take and, and, and get that bear jumped. Um, you know, if you're bringing dogs or new or something like that, or your dogs don't trail that good, um, you know, don't go up there and just then and turn loose right behind somebody else. And, you know, a lot of times in the groups, you're going to have, you know, the key person or two or whoever that, that, you know, uh, I think I heard it on another podcast, you know, that whether you're there or not, they're still going to catch the bear. It doesn't matter whether or not the, the, the other person is there, you know, and those are the type of people that you need to listen to and make sure you don't uh, step on their toes because um, there's nothing worse than working to try and get a bear jumped and you're working to, to do that. And then somebody comes in, dumps a box and of puppies that, doesn't they don't know which where is right or they don't even know what a bear is like yet and and just kind of blows up a track um that you're working to try and or helping them trail dogs or trying to make sure them trail dogs get off in the right direction um so you know making sure <clears throat> you know if you're starting at a central location you know maybe wait until that person tells you to turn loose you know, if they hit it off good and, and that person, you know, they tell you, all right, you can turn a dog loose or send a dog in. Um, you know, usually some, some of the dogs like I'm, I have, if they hit it off good, it's hard to mess them up, but it, they can still get messed up. But most of the time, if it's a good enough track, they'll get it jumped regardless. But, um, you know, kind of understanding what you have in your box might not be as good as what somebody else is, you know, that you're relying on to get a bear jumped and and being uh, mindful of that before you turn your dogs loose is definitely important boy that's a hard pill to swallow isn't it your dogs may not be as good as the one starting it <laughs> man i mean that's hard that's hard for people to you know to say like yeah i you know I, my dogs are more of a pack dog my dog's not a cold nose trail dog um you know i know that when you and i hunt my dogs aren't going to cause you a problem but your dogs do a little better trailing than mine. And, you know, I'm well, not dumping yeah, all six yeah. of my dog loose on you. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing is, is knowing your dogs. I mean, if it's training season, it's not as big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But if it's hunting season and you're trying to get that bear jumped, you know, during hunting season, um, you know, being mindful of what you're carrying in your box is, is, is important. And a lot of people have a hard time doing that. I mean, there's nothing more aggravating than having folks that, Oh, well, let me turn this puppy loose with yours. And you, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'll look at them and tell them, no, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, you can hold him until we get him jumped. But I mean, if you haven't worked that dog enough during the summertime, you know, and in my, you know, just my perspective, you have no business in turning loose a dog that you don't know what it's going to do or hadn't worked all summer long that, that we can't rely on as a group to get it jumped. Because if anything, it's more in the way and, and more apt to cause a problem. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I, I know those are kind of harsh words, but it, it's, and it can be a tough pill to, to swallow, but it takes a lot of work to get to that point to, uh, you know, get to the point you're, you're constantly or consistently catching bear and, 
and doing that. I mean, it, and it just takes time. If it's training season, that that's a different story. I, you know, you know, it's not as big of a deal. But when it comes down to hunting season, uh, you know, and hunting in a group, you better listen to what that group says or you know, you might not get that invite back. Well, I mean, it goes, just goes right into what you're, what you're saying. Like if you know, if you can only hunt a week of training season and a week of uh, kill season, and that's all you're doing. And you know, you got, I'm just going to use Doug for an example, a man that's out there pretty much every week running his dogs. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, I know that this man that's hunting pretty much yearly, year round, that I probably need to ride his shirt tail a little bit because my dogs are not getting the exposure and the hunting and, you know, just the time in the woods that, that he is. So <clears throat> I think that, you know, that's, a, that's where you got to kind of look at yourself and um, say, yep, you know, I'm, I'm only getting to hunt you know, 30 days this year and, you know, BB got to hunt six months. So yeah, maybe, maybe I need to, to say, Hey BB, what, what, is it okay for me to do this? Or do you want me to hold my dog for a minute? You know, how, what do you want me to do? So I want to participate, but you let me know when it's, it's okay to participate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, communication there is, is the key. I mean, and, um, some groups communicate better than others. You know, it, it's definitely, um, one of those things that you might have to kind of feel your way around a little bit to, to understand the do's and the don'ts. Cause I mean, uh, you know, me coming up starting it, cause I was that guy. I mean, I was the person that I was bringing dogs that weren't capable of, of trailing and, and, you know, um, that I was packing and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, Luckily, I've been able to hunt enough now and decent enough pack of dogs and to know and can trust and rely on. You know, I've kind of gotten out of that kind of stage, I guess you could say. Um, but just being honest with yourself is, is so important. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, we go, well, let's go back into, you know, to the packing. I mean, you know, everybody, each to their own, everybody does stuff differently. We all know that. But on a good trail and track, I mean, you just need a handful. You don't need a, you don't need a whole bunch of dogs, you know, and the chances are that if you have too many, you're just going to mess it up anyway. And, you know, let those couple dogs work and get it jumped. And when it gets it jumped, then, you know, feed them in accordingly or whatever you got to do or how you do it or how, whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I I understand that completely, and I've like I said I've I've rode some shirt tails here, you know, within the last ten years where I've pretty much rebuilt my pack, and um, and I'm still doing it some. I'm still not where I want to be with my stuff. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not there. So, <clears throat> but I'm also willing to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm right there. I yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm right there with you. I'm not where I want to be, but, um, you know, uh, luckily I'm able to hunt enough that, yeah, you know, at least I know, I, I feel like I'm, I try to be very honest with what I have. Um, and that's the key, I think. Yep. Yeah. 
old Lance Hutton told me a long time ago, and I probably said it on some other podcast, is he'd always say, above and beyond all else, be true to thyself. If you're not being truthful about your dog, you're just making a headache for everybody else. And that's what he'd say. Like, if your dog's running deer, he's running deer. Just fix it. If your dog's not doing what he's supposed to, put him in the truck. You know, it's not it's not hard. It's our ego, and we and I talked I talked about that on the podcast with Jeff Barrett. You know, and and there's been numerous pictures that you know a man's ego is a is a hard thing for a, do, a burden for a dog to bear, because our egos are what gets in the way. It ain't the dog. You know, it's it's us. It's what what our expectations are. And where that dog performs at them or not, the dog don't know any better. It's us that are getting upset or whatever. Um, but I, I always took what Lance said to heart, and I think it's helped me. Um, it's like I said, it's sometimes as bad as that taste is, you just got to say, you know, this is this is what I got. This is where I'm at, and I'm going. I'm working to get better. But this 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 is the dogs that I have, and. Like I said, if you look at those guys that are hunting a lot and, you know, I mean, just, you know, just like, I mean, we we travel, we go where we can to hunt. We get a couple extra days or a weekend and, you know, getting the dogs out, keeping them busy throughout the year. I mean, that's, that's not, uh, it's not cheap. It's not easy. Sometimes you're sacrificing your vacation or your, your family schedule and stuff like that. Um, kind of got down a rabbit hole on that, but you got to look at those guys and appreciate what they've done, what they do, because they're putting, they're putting in the work and it's, you, you don't make a dog overnight. It's a process that's a part of the whole part of the journey here. It's a process and it takes time. And have you invested that time to get, to get where those guys are at, to be able to do those things? exactly i mean it's it's just, it's a respect thing you know um you know it, the you know i look at it as you know i i hunt a lot i try to hunt as hard as i can um to to have the dogs that i have and to be respect you know for somebody to come along I, you know all i'm looking for is a little respect to to you know especially during hunting season you know to make sure that that i'm able to have them dogs perform like I know they're capable of and, and not to have somebody get in the way of that. And, you know, hunting with a group is, is a big part of that. So, you know, turning loose and, and just having dogs, you know, you know, pack and all that stuff that goes into it, um, goes into that respect is how, is how I look at it. You know, having your dogs barking going down the path or when you turn loose at a bait and, you know, you got a whole bunch of, of dogs that are, especially on a cold track, if you got a bunch of dogs and trucks at a bait that are barking in, in the truck or something like that, you know, it, it can pull dogs back or do things like that. I mean, <clears throat> so, you know, little things like that can go a long ways. And if somebody says something to you, they don't mean nothing by it. They just, you know, they know what it takes for their to for their their pack or their dogs to, to be able to perform the best. That's right. That's right. Anything else on group hunting that we may have looked over or left out? I think. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, collars, one thing we collars. talked about uh, earlier was uh, collars, collar numbers. Mm -hmm. So for us, you know, we have kind of a dedicated, you know, two, three, three guys that, that we hunt together all the time. And so um, making sure, you know, if you're coming to hunt with a group or are new or something like that, making sure, trying to make sure that the collar interference isn't going to be an issue or cause uh, a problem as far as being able to track collars. Um, so a lot of times what we do is, you know, those collar IDs are the, or the reason or, or how the interference occurs. So, you know, the first number it's, it's one through five. So we'll de designate, you know, if you call that a channel and we'll designate, you know, a channel to one person. So one person might be on the ones, one person might be on the threes and one person might be in the fives. And then, you know, we try to track each other's dogs. So we stagger our numbers. So that way we can all track, all of our dogs at the same time and uh that second number is is where you have you know you can track zero through 19 um all in the same uh all at the same time because you can only track 20 numbers at, or 20 items whether it's dogs or handhelds at a time mm -hmm. so kind of understanding that uh layout and and what we do if we have folks that are coming a lot of times we'll tell folks you know well if you're in the channel four your numbers aren't going to interfere with ours um, we might not be able to track yours all the time but we can you know with the new garments now you can turn off and on the tracks uh mm -hmm. to be able or the dogs to be able to track them but uh you know if if as you know one of the biggest things we run into is if you've got a, a car that's the exact same number say a three dash you know zero and and you have two collars that are three dash zero one if you're real close to that collar and and you have a three dash zero as well that's out you won't be able to track it it's it's going to have that interference and you can track it if you get away from that person but a lot of times you'll see that um it'll jump a lot of times on your on your gps there so um that's how we handle it we, we usually designate the channels uh you know, if, if it's channel four for folks that are coming, you know, to kind of hunt with us, you know, we know we're not going to have interference, but then we're um, also, uh, you know, we might not be able to track all their dogs at one time, but we can put them in there. And then with the, with the 200 or the 300 alphas, we can uh, turn them on and off to track them if need be. Um, so that, that works really well yeah. for us anyway. Yeah, I know that if everybody in our group is hunting and everybody's bringing their, you know, four, five, six dogs, um, that's been a huge issue with us. So, in fact, I'm going to recommend that we do what you guys did. Like, I get one through five, and Wesley gets, you know, six through ten. Greg gets, you know, 11 through 15, and then up to 19, however it is. But, um, yeah, we we get what we have done is like our main dogs like everybody gets a dog or two and nobody interferes with those um and then you know kind of the middle of the pack there may be a dog or two that that has the same collar number and in time you get down to your pups or whatever i'm sure somebody else has got that number so maybe we can switch away we do things too um 
on that and and free it up because we there's several if you're if we're tracking certain dogs we have to cut the collars off so you can track them because even though i've got it on my handheld i've got it turned off deactivated um my garmin is still picking up that signal off of your dog in my truck so we we've we've got to do some things a little different because it it's it was beginning of the season it was pretty rough and then we kind of worked through it and then of course like monday through monday through thursday it's usually just me me and hot rod and maybe wesley usually it's just two of us hunting so we don't have a big issue but when everybody hunts like we had six dogs on one channel and i'm like that's why nobody can track a dog is because everybody's on the same channel so we we got to fix ours a little bit too so yeah i think if uh they have that sleep mode now too and i think if you put that collar to sleep i don't believe it transmits so that's another option versus cut, cutting the collar completely off. If you have a, is that I think the so 200 or, the, or 300, you can put it in is that sleep the, mode. Is that the 25s or is that a 15X? No, I think it, I think it's a, I think they have it in the 15X and I believe it's in the 25, mm-hmm. um, the, the TT25s as well. Yeah. Um, the TT25s, uh, I do think they are a little bit better as far as with that dynamic mode. Mm-hmm. It changes the update rate um, based on what the dog is doing. So I think that does help with the interference some. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as if you need to turn it off, I think if you can put it in sleep, if, if your collar, if, if you're able to put it in sleep mode, I believe then it, it doesn't transmit over the channel that that signal over the channel so that way it should free it up i believe well is that all we needed to talk about is there anything else that we left out you know what i don't really have anything else uh that i can think of i mean you know you know i mean hunting as a group i mean it it, it can be a lot of fun a lot and and efficient especially if you got a group that knows um how to operate but i think we've covered a lot of a lot of it you know I mean, there's always rabbit holes you can get into. I mean, one of the areas we kind of get efficient or I say gain some efficiency is, you know, one good thing about our group is, you know, when it is time to say drag a bear out, we're good about, you know, getting the rope, getting our our puller and, and, and starting that process without having to really say much. So folks are already grabbing the rope and grabbing the, our, uh, our cone that we use to drag them out with and, and the puller and, and, uh, trying to figure out a game plan to get them out. I mean, that's, that's definitely something that's a, a benefit, especially yeah. up in Maine. That's, that's a huge thing in Maine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just pitch in, do your job. Be good. Well, I'm going to leave us with this cause we got to talking <laughs> about people putting in the work and I found this quote, a while back and I actually saved it to my phone because, you know, I, I use it in my canine group. I use it at work and I'm going to use it here because it's that to me, it's that powerful. So we're going to leave you on this one. Most people just want to be in the result and not in the process. And it's in the process where you realize who deserves to be in the result. 
just what we were talking about, the people that's putting in the time. You need to, to watch what they're doing and see what they're doing because they're the ones that deserve the result. So with that, BB, I'll leave you. Thank you for helping us teach, train, and learn. <laughs>